Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just one. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode number 58 of a series of, uh, of a, a podcast here with a series of episodes that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. And I also serve there as uh, one of the shepherds. For those of you that don't know, of course, everybody, if you've listened to any of the episodes, you know I do this at the beginning of every one of them. But Franklin is about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis to give a, a ballpark picture there of where we are. Um, and uh, we just uh, uh, have really enjoyed this uh, process. This, this was a, we called it a COVID project. and. Um, and it's turned into just one fascinating thing. But uh, to get back on script here a little bit, for those of you that know me, you know that I'm passionate about our subject today of evangelism and, uh, and how to lead others to Christ. And I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I think so many times about the ones that reached out to me and the, the techniques, if you will, that they that they reached out to, to teach me and to try to get me to slow down and listen to the truth. Um, and again, so ever since then, I've been trying to learn, read everything I can get my hands on, talk to anybody that I can about how to be better at doing this myself. And that led to this idea of, well, what if we did a podcast and found the fellow workers out there that are doing this? find out who they are, where they are, how they do their work, how they set up their studies, what material do they use and in the whole and that uh, that that is the the backdrop if you will on on us doing this. And uh, the uh, the interviews have been quite fascinating. Uh, I, I wrote down some thoughts earlier. Some of the things that we've learned I'm going to put under the amazing category. I'm going to say amazing, uh, some very encouraging, and some, uh, I hesitate to say, even some very discouraging because of the realities of some things that are going on out there right now. And we're in a war, and we've got to realize this. We were told Paul talked about that in Ephesians. And we're in a war against Satan, and we need to wake up and realize just how serious this is. It's affecting our family and friends and even members of our congregation, and, and we need to wake up, if you will. Um, but, you know, the... Uh, I always quote this passage in 2 Timothy 2.2, where Paul's talking to Timothy, and he says, the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, uh, commit these to faithful men, and it's to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And then later in the chapter, Paul encourages uh, Timothy and us to be useful for the master, you know, so it's like, what does that mean? How can I be useful for the master? So anyway, we are delighted today to have someone with us. I'm confident we're going to learn a lot from. And uh, we have with us today, Dean Harvison. Welcome, Dean. Oh, good to be here. Just uh, very thankful. I really appreciate it. Well, we're excited to have you. And your, your name came up a couple of times when I was down in Alabama a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Dean works and worships with the Vestavia Church of Christ there in in uh, Birmingham. Is it is it is it in Birmingham? Is the or is it in Vestavia? What's the it address? It's in Vestavia, which is a little confusing because really Birmingham proper, you know, is kind of shrunk. 
And, uh, and so really you have just lots and lots of uh, truce there. People will call Vestavia a suburb, but it, but it is his own city. And there's really like 20 of those in the surrounding area. Kind of there's, wow. you know, Birmingham proper is not very, not very big anymore. Well, I, I thought we would do that to give everybody, like I said, 20 miles south of Indy, see, get a picture around Birmingham there. That's right. But, uh, but uh, I know you also serve uh, as one of the deacons, and my wife Gay and I were able to be down there a couple of weeks ago. We heard you teach a class. Uh, you did an excellent job in that class, and I'm serious when I say you did a really good job. And uh, and I we've talked on the phone a couple of times, but that was the first time that we met. And I'm and, and it is isn't it strange? I'm going to get to know you better doing this, doing a doing a Zoom because we didn't have the time to get together, but there'll be another time, Lord willing. Uh, but what I like to do, Dean, is to start out with what we call a short bio. Uh, for those that don't know who Dean is, would you give us a little short bio of, you know, start literally for where you were born, uh, go to how you obeyed the gospel and who taught you and what do you do for a living? And so kind of bring us up to speed, if you would. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard you kind of phrase in another interview, like the elevator speech. I was like, I hope it's a tall building, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's a mouthful. Uh, no, so I, I grew up in, in the Birmingham area, a little small rural town called Pinson, Alabama. And I just really had, uh, I hope this doesn't seem immodest at all, but I just, just had such an ideal uh, childhood, you know, great family super engaged mom and dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles. I mean, I just, I just had a great, great life and went to the same school for, for all 12 years uh, at Pinson High School or Pinson all the way through, all the way through high school. And it, move, moving on past that, you know, really started, um, uh, but, but an ideal childhood, but also very modest when it comes to uh, the uh, money part of it. Uh, so I ended up just working, uh, going to college and working at the same time. And really, my uh, my life really changed uh, with not being dramatic. It really did change. Actually, about 24 years ago, almost to the day, uh, I, I met I met uh, just a coincidence there. I met my my now wife uh, 24 years ago on October 28th, and um and that really did change my life in a lot of ways. Um, I know any spouse has a major impact on anybody's life, of course. But really, you think about kind of the big things in your life. I mean, your family, um, your your career, and then your spiritual life. I mean, that that's kind of like almost your entire life. And uh, Tori is my wife's name, and uh, she really she impacted majorly in all three of those areas. And um, so the first is intuitive, right? I mean, just she's she's married with children, and so so uh, that's that's the obvious part. The less obvious part would be. Uh, she introduced me to her dad's company uh, at that time, and uh, he had a little small furniture business uh, selling furniture to colleges. Uh, she invited uh, she invited me via through him. You know, hey, why don't you go work with my dad on a job or two to install <laughs> furniture to colleges? I mean, I didn't know them. A, I only knew them like a week or two, and and, and they invited me to go work for them, like installing some furniture in a, at a college. And um, man went and did that and, and started working with him through college. And, and uh, there's a lot more to sell, tell late, you know, later on. But the short of it is uh, I graduated college. He invited me to come work for him full time, did that. And man, that was that was 22 years ago now. And so this is all I've ever done. So so uh, he unfortunately he passed away many years ago. He had a terrible disease called ALS. Yes. And, uh, and so so that left. 
uh, her her only brother and myself uh, to try to keep the wheel spinning. <laughs> and so uh, so we've we've done done okay with that furniture business. We actually have a blast to be blunt. We have a great time with our furniture business, and I may say more about that a little bit later. Um, but um, I guess the most important thing, though, frankly, is is the spiritual aspect of that. Um, uh, I, I, I'll kind of mention my childhood again and, and tell me if we need to, you know, interact some more, if I need to just launch into the spiritual part of it. Is that, you, that sound you're good? You're doing great. Yeah, you're yeah. doing great. Yeah. Well, so um, uh, again, I just uh, mentioned how good my childhood it is. And that also included in a lot of ways some spiritual things. I mean, my, um, I grew up in a different background from the Lord's Church. And I um, grew up uh, early on uh, until I was 12 with the Assembly God group. I don't know if you're familiar with that group or not, but um, yeah. they, they, that group made a big impact with their enthusiasm and charisma. And then about when I was uh, 13, uh, my parents decided to go to a local Baptist church. And so I would, I would say really that was where my real roots are, because that's when you're kind of really starting to pay attention, you know, 13 through, you know, 20 or so. And uh, just just a great group of people, um, and uh, learned you know just really learned a lot from that. And um, and then, uh, but when I met Tori, uh, she she um, you can imagine you know we were both very you know a lot of I've, I've heard a lot of people when they talk about their background, and it was outside the Lord's Church. They uh, a lot of people I talked to they were pretty pretty superficial in their in their religious background. Um, at least the people I talked to a lot. That was not the case with me. I, I was I was very very engaged, you know, very spiritual minded. I, I I think I don't mean that to say anything good about myself, but I just that's what my parents taught me. My grandparents taught me. My granddad, I mean, he told me on a regular basis. I was very close to my granddad. He said, "I don't care what you do, you do you live in such a way that you make sure you go to heaven." And so that's that's that was what was instilled on me, and it was instilled that you know the Bible is the absolute word of God, and so anything it says, you do. And so although my understanding of the Bible began to change, and I'll come back to that in a moment as I got to know Tori, but those principles, you know, really shaped me uh, to do what I needed to do once I understand, understood some more about the Bible. So if that makes sense. No, it really does. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, you know, I feel compelled to kind of jump in there on the, uh, the blessing of that, you know, of, uh, of, of the positive things and the encouragement that you got, uh, you know, to have spiritual things a part of your life, uh, even though, and you know what I mean when I say this, even though they didn't have the big picture, they didn't have the, uh, the full understanding themselves, uh, but they, and I, I try to tell people all the time, every group out there, there's good, honest people in there, and they, they don't know what they don't know, you know, and, and most of the people, they are just, uh, they started going because that's where grandma and grandpa went. And then they just keep repeating. They keep hearing the preachers and, and their pastors keep teaching the same thing over and over. Unfortunately, they never, and most never investigate for themselves by looking in God's word to compare what they're hearing to what the Bible has to say. And, uh, and like you, you hinted at earlier, uh, is that sometimes when people see that for the first time, they get angry. And uh, they get they don't understand because this can't be right, you know. Uh, but I, don't, I want to get off the sidetrack on that. No, but no. I, I went through I went through that myself, and uh, uh, and so I understand completely. 
and, and we've talked about this before, and, and not to make a difference, if you will, but I guess I'm going to, it, the difference in the thought process of the ones that, to use the phrase, grew up in the church versus the ones that did not. And uh, there's just a different, I mean, we're all following, you know, we're all teaching the same thing, and but just the having that background, it'd be like a, what would be a good, it would be like a, a Jew uh, that, that grew up during the time of Christ. And then, you know, the day of Pentecost, they hear this. They knew a Messiah was coming. They had just never connected the dot that this Jesus was really him. And, uh, but that transition to go from Judaism, and, you know, we've studied, think about that, that transition to go from being a Jew to being a Christian. Look at that. Look at all that transition. And then, starting with Cornelius, with all the Gentiles, that same thing of them coming from their background. Many of them were religious minded. They were just into idolatry and, and pagan gods and, and all those kind of things. But but uh, but when you just if you grew up in it, there's things that I think you just don't see and don't understand because you haven't been there. You don't know what it's like to be told that you're wrong. You don't know what it's like to be wrong and have to deal with that in a whole whole other conversation, you know, in itself. But no, it's a great point. It's a great point, you know, and um, and that's actually a great, se- a great kind of segue to um, uh, if if you would like, just maybe just to, to kind of touch on my little experience and when I first, please, that'd be a good thing to do. And um, yes, sir, just, please, yeah. So so um, I mean, you know, you got to be succinct with this and all these other juicy details, you know, that goes on with that. But just the succinct version is, you know, it, it wasn't just. As, just as quick. I mentioned how quickly Tori introduced me to her family with her company. Well, she introduced me even quicker, <laughs> you know, to, uh, to, to invite me to church. And so she invited me to church and I listened, I was like, Oh, this is great. I would love to go to church with you. And so, um, so we, you know, went there, this is probably, you know, we ended up 10 days after I knew her and I'll tell you a little side, a little parenthetical comment about Tori makes her unique. So she's 48, I'm 45. Um, so, she's gone to best David church of Christ for 48 years. Wow. And so, so it's really, that's a neat little trivia about my wife. She's, uh, <laughs> she's never gone anywhere else. So it's, uh, and so I thought it was kind of interesting. So she, she invited me promptly to church. As you could, as you can imagine, you know, went there and I'm just trying to make this uh, concise, but went there and just really was just totally bewildered, you know, about, um, about what I heard. You know, I mean, it just, it, it made no sense to me, you know, and what I mean, re- referring to, uh, re- you know, the typical different topics, you know, about, you know, mainly baptism, for example. And I was like, well, there's just, because I guess, I guess, Dan, my, my biggest hangup and all that was to get just cut to the chase of it was like, there's no way, you know, in my words back then, there's no way that now make up a percentage, 99 percent plus people have it wrong and when this little tiny 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 group you know has a has an understanding about this one area different than anybody else and that made no sense to me it was totally illogical and so really I you know as I kind of mentioned to you before Kenny Mars was the first gospel preacher I've I ever heard in the, in the church of Christ and hey man that guy made me mad as a hornet. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was like, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed what I said about, you know, Kenny Tutori, you know, uh, behind his back, 
uh, I later very sincerely re reconciled all that, told him what I said about him, you know, uh, uh, later on. And he just gave me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he ended up performing our wedding ceremony uh, later on. But uh, well, what, so a, we, what a great story. That's great. You we know, became, we, we became and are still good friends. And so I still keep up with him on a regular basis. He travels all over the world, sharing the Mozambique and Russia. And so he's, he's a neat person. So, um, but, um, but there was one, one key thing that happened though. So I, I think, I think it was a little mistake, um, you know, that I think we could learn from. So I really is, I mean, I worship with the, in my opinion, by the most amazing people, you know, loving people, friendly people. Um, but I tell you what, that may be a, a, a constructive criticism. I sit there at Vestavia, it's no one's fault, it's just the, the thing ha that happened. But I did sit there for almost a full year, Dan, before anybody asked me to study. And, you know, it's hard to know exactly why. I think people were intimidated. They're like, well, you know, you know, is he open to it? I and mean, I think all those things go into it. I was, you know, I, was a, I had a strong personality. I think that probably had a factor into it. And, you know, I was very passionate about what I believed. I was vocal about it, you know. And so maybe there's, you know, I don't, we weren't intimidating, but maybe there was just some hesitancy there. But I did sit there a full year and I got madder all every, every, every Sunday every Bible class they're hearing something in dialogue with somebody about it and and so you, you fast forward a year of, of getting mad I almost broke up numerous times um, about about this issue and I thought we're never gonna get resolved we need to get we need to just be done and um and so finally um, a year later, um, a gentleman named Bill Couchman, a deacon at Vestavia, asked me to study. And, um, and so he asked me to study. And listen, I was like, absolutely. I was so ready to vent my wow. frustrations uh, because as sound as Tori was and is, she wasn't the right person to talk to. It was just too emotional. So we, we would just get into it rather than being healthy. And sure. so, so um, with Bill sat down with me and I'll wrap this up. So we, you know, we got other things to talk about, but Bill sat down with me and within one session, Dan, with one session, I mean, he, he, he really helped me understand. I, it wasn't like that. Like, Oh, okay, we're, we're done. But it was a massive transformation in one session because you know what he let me do, Dan, he let me just vent for a little bit. Yeah. And I, there's no telling how many wrong things I said. In that one, probably 15, 20 minute bent. I don't even know what I said, but I know it had to be a, 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 an onslaught of accusations. And he didn't try to like correct everything I said. Right. He picked one thing. He said, well, let me just talk about one thing. And so we, and so he said, he said, I understand what you're saying. I think you made a lot of great points. He said, but let's, let's talk about one, one area. And he focused on one thing. And so, and I tell you what, just after a year of being mad, Within a couple of months of studying, you know, I got baptized in January fifth, nineteen ninety nine. You know, a couple months later. So, uh, so we we just it really taught me how critical it was when someone comes to your worship service, especially who's coming on a regular basis. That's just low hanging fruit, if you, if you will. And man, ask them for a study. All they can say is no. And so, uh, and it might save a lot of hardship, and, you, and it might even. Um, um, but he was the right person to study with me. He was just as kind as he could be. Is Bill still there? 
He, he's the elder at um, at uh, Kaaba High Church Christ. Okay, I do this all the time, but um, you know, maybe if you haven't done it in a while, just make it sometime texting or just make a quick phone call and then tell him that we were thank you were sharing that story and you just wanted to say, Bill, thank you, thank you, I brother. Will. I will, you know, Dan, and and that will make his day because. Uh, so many times we forget to say, and I'm not saying that, but we, we forget to say thank you and show appreciation even to our own brothers and sisters. But, oh, that's, but beautiful. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, do you know, that, do you know, where, you know, by my good wife's encouragement, she's prompted me to do that several times throughout these 20 years. And when I preached my first sermon, I text them when I was able to baptize the first person I ever baptized, I text them. And so I've done little things like that, but I haven't done that in a while. So you, you're, I like your encouragement. I'll do the, just that. Okay, well, good. All right. Uh, boy, so many things we could talk about there, but just the, uh, it, to, again, to see the perspective, and I can understand that. Matt can understand that, uh, that who's behind the scenes here, but uh, of, of getting frustrated and not understanding and even, even getting angry uh, uh, about things. And, and I think sometimes the ones that are they grew up around it. They don't understand. They can't even imagine how somebody could be upset or disturbed about something. And so we need to talk about that. You know, the, the, the Christians need to talk about this so we can be more aware and understand uh, the people that we're trying to teach. And I, I'm so glad that Bill had the patience with you and that, that he did and let you vent because we need to be able to do that too. And, uh, and, uh, and then once it's out, you know, if you're, it sounds like you're that way. Once you get the venting out, now that it's out of the way, now maybe you'll listen That's <laughs> to right. what, you know, what happens. And a lot of people are like that, I think. They really are. It, um, Matt's going to be raising his hand here anytime, but uh, one one thing we've got down, well, and the one thing, I've got that at the end too. Uh, and maybe your conversion story is what we ought to just stay with. Is there, is, I always ask everybody, is there a conversion story you'd like to share? But, but yours, Dean, that's, that's really good. That, that, and, and even just to use that, number one, that, that Tori invited you as quickly as she could. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, I saw a, a thing pop up on the screen there. I thought that's what was meant. But anyway, uh, just the patience that she had. And uh, my wife, Gay, was like that with me. She was very patient and uh, uh, in helping me when we first started dating, uh, when uh, when I was looking at the truth. But uh, is there a conversion story that you've been involved in that you'd like to share? Oh, you know, uh, yeah, and, and of course, obviously, by your other interviews, I knew you had asked you. You know, it's just so there's so many good ones out there, right? You know, but uh, you know, what one fun one? You know, I'll, I'll pick a fun one. How about that? You know, I That's mean, I was, you know, I. I mentioned just briefly about the furniture business, a big part of my life. You know, we we sell furniture all over the nation and to colleges, universities. And so inevitably we were always on the road. We're always on road trips and our, our favorite restaurant, so this would be a commercial for Cracker Barrel, but uh, <laughs> our favorite road road places, Cracker Barrel being all the guys and college guys mainly, we, we hire, uh, make, make that make more sense, we hire college guys during the summer to travel around with us to install the furniture wherever we're going. And I had one installer, good, good friend already by this point, and, um, and just an awesome guy. And uh, he, um, 
we started, we, we were by ourselves, which is unusual, you know, when we're with a group of people, but it was just him and myself. And, and we had talked about the Bible a lot already, you know, just, just various things and, and just a uh, just very spiritual minded person and um, big heart. And so we started talking and we just kept, you know, how the, I'm mean, Dan, you've been there before when we, you know, you, you know, you're halfway decent at reading people, man. He was like locked in. I was like, Hmm, okay here. So, uh, so we just kept talking and, uh, it, it, from from uh we started at dinner so we left cracker barrel two or three hours later and uh we were talking about the bible the whole time well we're, we're staying out of town together so we straight went straight from the car to the hotel and just kept talking about the bible and uh wow. and so we get to the hotel and um and he's like uh, he said he said dean he's like man it's like now he said I'm, I'm getting a little concerned about where i am and in, in my spiritual life and i'm like well, I, said, I understand. I understand my brother. I was, I, I really do understand my friend. And I said, um, so we, so we kept talking. And so we, I, I you know, I, I would never exaggerate something that's so important as a, as a, as a soul being converted. So when I say it was right at midnight and we were still talking and I just thought, oh, so you know, I mean, you know where I'm going with this. Cause you just can't resist this. I'm like, well, I said, Wes, let me tell you, show you, tell you, tell you something. I was like, there is somebody just the same situation. So I obviously went to the Philippian jailer and it showed how they immediately, you know, went and got baptized at midnight. And I said, you can do the exact same thing. He said, where the world going to get baptized at midnight? I said, well, we're staying in a hotel. They got a pool, man. And so, and so, uh, man, we, we, we went out there and I actually, um, went out there and we baptized them all by ourselves. And then, um, and just that was just there's all sorts of fun stories like that. But that's a fun one to me just because it it was uh, I mean, I, I don't know exactly, but I guess it was some in the neighborhood of a six hour uh, Bible discussion going all the way from, you know, you know, covering every question he had and leading him to kind of some salvation issues. And so it was a uh, man, it was a blast and still close to that guy, of course. And so anyway, but um, those were those were some fun ones. No, that's that's great. You know, it's like and, and some of the stories that you mentioned, the Philippian jailer. I mean, can you imagine uh, them getting together and talking about think about that? The earth, the jail, the earthquake, uh, the, the, the wiping the blood off the, the strike, you know, wiping, cleaning them up. And uh, and then they were baptized and the whole family and the rejoicing. And yeah, it uh, and I like the way you use that. It, it is fun from the standpoint of not the way uh, we think of it secularly, but just the joy and the excitement and uh, of realizing that my sins have been washed away and I'm now a child of God. I mean, what? I mean, I, I can't think of anything that would make you uh, that would be more funner. Is that? Is that? That's not. That, you can't say it that way. More funner, but anyway. Uh, Man, we're, to, we're, we're, from, we're from the South. You can say, you can say however, you, however you want to. And there so, you go. Yeah. It, it, you know, Dan, you know, the only thing I don't want to make a mistake in doing since this podcast is central on leading others yeah. to Christ. You, know, you hear these extraordinary stories like that and they're, and they are exciting to talk about, but uh, I know we're going short on time, but I do, I do want to say something just for anybody listening there. There have been a, 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 quite a number of people at best age, because it's a larger group than some other groups. We've got that benefit of, you know, 300 people or so. And, you know, I, I've had more than, more than a couple um, of men at the congregation who were um, uh, already married and they were not Christians, but they still attended. And, um, 
And I had one one gentleman, you know, it just uh, uh, he just love that guy. I saw him actually just a couple couple a uh, few days ago in, in the community. He still goes to Vestavia. And I saw him out and about, and and we just chatted about this actually. And so, you know, he, you know, I tried to study with him when he first started coming, and you know, did a few studies, and just nothing nothing happened. Well, years passed, years plural passed, and he he texted me. And said, "Listen, I, I hate. I really have some hesitancy saying this because, but so don't want to, It's not about about me at all. But he, but he did text me. He said, he said, I appreciate. He's. I've been watching you for years. You know, doing what you do. And he said, I remember when we studied a long time ago, and um, hearing the sermons, of course. And he said, he said, um, he said, I'm ready to get baptized. And I'm like, isn't that something?" Yeah. I mean, I mean, I just kind of forgot. About, I mean, I didn't forget about them, but, you know, I kind of forgot about them, you know. And so my point is, like, there's so many people in a lot of congregations that are there with spouses. It's like, go build relationships with them, study with them, you know, just try to stay connected to them. Because, I mean, you talk about just uh, what a waste for anybody to not be a Christian who is actually coming to services on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, there should not be, there should not be a person that last that, that are, that's like that for long. Well, again, back to your personal experience, you've been there, done that, right? You sit there for that year in your frustration and nobody's saying anything to you. And now you're sensitive to that. And I, I think we have to learn from that. And, and I know you will, and you've shared that with other people, but yeah, there's people all around it. We say, I don't know anybody to teach. And they're sitting down the pew. From, they could, you know, and, and uh, they're all around us. And we just have to put our uh, our awareness hat on, if you will, and say, uh, okay, I need to approach her. I need to approach him. And uh, that, that is so good. I, hey, we're out of time. Uh, one thing, I always end it with one thing. From your experience and somebody says, you know what? I realize now I'm supposed to have been doing this. I have not been, or maybe I used to do it. I got discouraged and I quit. What would you say would be one thing that you would say to them that they need to learn how to do to get involved in leading others to Christ? Sure. You know, the way I like to think about that question is to think about myself, not what I would say to them, but what I need to tell myself every day. And that is to have an eternal perspective. Um, to have a perspective of what my granddad taught me, you know, uh, and that is the only thing that matters is going to heaven. And the only thing that matters is helping other people go to heaven. And Dan, I want to confess to you, I want to try to be somebody I'm not. You know, at times I've been like that. At times I haven't. I've done better than others. I've done worse at other times. But when I do well, when I do well, it's because I have an eternal perspective. That kind of sounds kind of like a lofty concept, but all that means is, is you're just thinking about spiritual things throughout the day because we think we have to go like on a door knocking campaign, you know, to find somebody that you want to study with. If you want to do that, go do it. I'm not knocking that, you know, but there, if you have an eternal perspective, you're just thinking about the Lord. And again, I'm success. I'm succeeded in this times and I failed in these things. I mean, I'm, I'm not want to be clear about that, but if you're having an eternal perspective, when I have an eternal perspective, that means I'm constantly thinking about spiritual things and 
opportunities abound when that happens, Dan. I mean, it's like you just constantly meet somebody. It's that awareness. And it just, I just, I just think about the dozens and dozens of people that I've had an opportunity to share all this with, I guess, hundreds and, you know, just in daily life, you know, it wasn't by me like trying to go manufacture a conversation, you know, with knocking on someone's door or, or, you know, doing a mail campaign. Again, all that's great if you need to have a, if you have, are so inclined to do so. But I would say in most cases, it's just people you meet. At the grocery store, at the people with the we mentioned Cracker Barrel, at the with the people, good people serving you food and you know doing honest work like that, and and uh, just it just goes on and on. So I would say that's my one thing that I try to to do better. That I need to do better about is constantly be thinking about eternal things, and that way it's going to motivate you to reach out that you know to reach out to somebody who you meet because I think that's where really effective evangelism takes place places people you naturally meet well you've touched on it a couple of times the 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 value and the power of building relationships and i think that's something that we it needs to be taught it it has literally has to be taught because some are naturally good at it others are not and it's like everything else in life but uh I, i i really do believe in how to how to invite how to ask how to you know ask that server at cracker barrel uh Give her a card, invite her to services. One thing I learned on Cracker Barrel, I have to do this. I can eat on the kids' menu at a 75-year-old. <laughs> and my Coke is free. It's included. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Uh, uh, but listen, uh, would you be willing to share your contact information with everybody? If so, oh, and the reason I, I've been doing this, but let's say that somebody's listening to this and they've got that husband. They've got that wife. They've got that friend. They've got that coworker, uh, and maybe they're wanting to be able to reach out to them. And if they could re- say, you know, they might be thinking, if I could talk to Dean maybe for just a few minutes on the phone, maybe he could give me some suggestions or ideas how I could approach him or her. So what would be the best way to contact you, Dean? Yeah, you know, I'm a big, big texter. You know, I live and die by text. And so emails sometimes get lost a little bit. So um, I would just want somebody to text my cell number. And that's 205-335-8801. And I just uh, shoot me a text and, and let, do, let you know. Do that number. Oh, of do course. The, and do the number again. It, it kind of uh, shorted there a little bit. Oh, really? I'm sorry. 205. 205-335-8801. Okay. Is that good hey, now? Brother. Yeah, we got it. Brother, thank you. Uh, and I know you're a busy man, and we appreciate so much. Uh, Matt and I appreciate you taking the time this morning. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've said this a couple of times. I think it, maybe there'd be a follow-up meeting somewhere, follow-up interview somewhere, somewhere down the road. But we'll... Well, but listen, I want to thank you and the whole congregation there for inviting Gay and I to come down. We really enjoyed that. And uh, that was a good experience for us. So uh, thanks for being so welcoming to us while we were there in uh, in Birmingham. Oh, listen, and thanks for the invite. Uh, it was um, always, always, always a little embarrassing to talk about yourself, actually. But uh, but uh, I hope it did somebody a little good. And um, and I just appreciate what you and Matt are doing. What a, what a, what a wonderful thing you're trying to do and and i'm familiar with the podcast now because of this i've already listened to several episodes and so it'll be a it'll be a regular regular listen for sure 
Well, good. And be sure and share it with your friends, if you would. That's how we're getting the word out. So, all right, brother. Well, thank you again. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you soon. And uh, keep up your good work, okay? Thank you guys so much. You take care. And tell, hey, on a personal note, tell Tori, thank you. Give her a hug for Gay and I and, and for inviting you to church and starting this whole process. How about that? Gosh, I, I'll, I'll be glad to. <laughs> you take care. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, brother. Bye bye. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.